0: beans and welcome to another episode of the force nexus a star wars podcast where we talk the light side the dark side and everything else in between from that galaxy far far away i hope you're all doing well today and thank you for joining me on day 10 of 30 days of star wars a celebratory daily countdown of different talking points leading up to the launch of rise of skywalker we are just under three weeks away from concluding this brilliant saga, and on my little journey so far I've covered a collection of my favourite characters from across the galaxy, such as Favourite Jedi, Sif and more, as well as taking a look at some of my favourite animated story arcs. And if you're yet to catch those episodes you can find them on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker and radio public platforms simply by searching The Force Nexus A Star Wars Podcast. Now, as I mentioned at the tail end of yesterday's episode, today's topic is pretty close to my heart as I am also a massive fan of video games. Did you ever have that one kid in school who would rather stay inside on their PlayStation than venture out into the scary world? Well, that was mostly me growing up in high school, and what a blast it was. Before I get into my all-time favourites, a little bit of backstory. I remember the first game I ever owned was a Star Wars game, well, one of them. Little seven-year-old me receiving his PlayStation 2 on his birthday, and what does he find? Two racing games. Sure, one was an official Formula One 2001 racing game, which was cool and all, but I was fixated on the other racing game I've received. The Star Wars game. Now, I know what some of you are thinking, and no, it wasn't that pod racer game. I discovered that game way after I became a gamer. no. This was the weird but wonderful Mario Kart-esque game Star Wars Super Bombad Racing. It's like the Funko Pop of racing games before Funko Pops became a thing. It was solely based on The Phantom Menace and, well, just picture this. You pick your character, whether it be Little Annie from Tatooine, Padawan Obi-Wan, Darth Maul, Sebulba, Jar Jar Binks, or even Boss Nass, just to name a few. But instead of controlling their ship, or having them properly proportioned for that matter. No, instead, you would control mini-versions of their ships, race around courses taken from the film, while each each character's head was bobbing on the top of their respective ships. Slinging Star Wars banter at each other, calling each other Sleemo and laughing at their misfortune. It was truly a unique game, one which I'd be safe in assuming won't get a remake. It was ridiculous fun, but ridiculous all the same but why do I bring this up well it kind of acts as a starting point to my Star Wars gaming history how many of you knew that game existed I'd wager not a lot at all it wasn't very popular now imagine that feeling after years of playing video games you find out that there was a story an RPG driven story game set during the time of the old republic where you either get to go to the dark side or the light side and learn awesome powers and make your own lightsaber. Yeah, just like the racing game that I described to you, I had no idea that was a thing either until I was like a late teenager. So there were a few well-known games that I missed out on. I've still not actually finished KOTOR, which is a crime I know, but I've played it a bit. And even though it doesn't make this list, I want to put it out there loud and clear. It's a masterpiece, albeit aged and houses one of the best stories Star Wars has ever seen. There is one, well two actually, that were well known that make this list of favourite games though, and it's the widely renowned original Star Wars Battlefront games by LucasArts and the studio Pandemic. This was my crack when I was a kid. The amount of time I pumped into this game is up there parallel to my time on World of Warcraft, and trust me, it is a shameful lot. Well, let's start with the first one. It was that feeling of being there, in the thick of it. Laser blast going left, right and centre. You see a tank, you jump into the tank. You see a starfighter parked next to a Wookiee's hut on Kashyyyk. You jump into that starfighter. It was truly the first, pers- the first first person shooter I fell in love with. And due to the fact that it was my first true experience of the action scenes jumping out of the film into my face saying, hey, you, jump on in. We need your help. Little Jake was captivated, setting up matches on all these different planets. And then the second one came out and just blew the doors off of everything. The same premise. Team-based shooter over several locations with several more being added to this version, but with additions. In the first game, you had heroes, sure, but they were NPCs. In this one, they put you in control of them, storm down the Tantai 4 as Vader, or defend the rebels as Leia, wreak havoc as Grievous on Utapau, or pounce on him exclaiming, hello there, as Obi-Wan. Not to mention the special game mode where everyone plays as heroes and villains in one of the most ridiculous confrontations the Moss Eisley Cantina has ever seen. It was crazy. But it didn't stop there, it brought with it a campaign too. Sure, the first one had a campaign, but it was really fighting battles around a tour of the galaxy. In this one, you followed Anakin's 501st troop regiment from the opening battle over Coruscant from Revenge of the Sith, all the way up to the formation of the Empire, taking down key figures of the Rebellion. Yes, that includes Order 66. You play as the clones hunting down the Jedi, which was such a fun twist on the first-slash-third-person shooter style. But before I move on, I'd be doing it a disservice to not mention two more aspects of this game. The first being the space combat, one of the best additions in the game. Okay, the flying to begin with was hard as nails, having primarily been boots on the ground. But I perfected the flying through my playing and couldn't get enough of assaulting enemy capital ships. Jumping into a bomber or starfighters and blasting down enemy ships, but more importantly, their external support systems. First, you've got to take down the shields and then the engines, then the life supports and so on. But even if you were still poodoo at flying, then all you had to do was jump in a friendly transport and park it inside the enemy's hangar where it acted as another spawn point for your team. Spawn in as a marine soldier instead of a pilot and go to town on their cruiser, taking out enemy pilots and the same support systems just from the inside. Essentially, take control and lock down the enemy ship from the inside until you emerge victorious. And the other aspect of the game? None other than the Galactic Conquest. Pick your side clones, droids, empire or rebels, construct your flagship, then travel the RTS-like galaxy map, capturing enemy planets, recruiting more classes as you play, purchasing upgrades to aid you in battle, and clash with the enemy's ships when you land on the same spot on the map to transition into a space battle and destroy their cruiser. Should you lose though, your ship is destroyed and you got to build a new one at a home planet to start your push again hoping that the enemy didn't gain too much of an advantage. And one of the best parts about this is that along with the rest of the game, it can be played co-op split-screen, and even against each other, in a friendship-destroying conquest. I had so much fun with this game through my early years of high school, I'd even spend multiple lunch breaks over the course of a week diving into the Star Wars Planet Encyclopedia at our school library working out which battles happened in chronological order from the Clone Wars and the Galactic Civil War, and ordering the maps on the game back at home, so I could then play through both wars in their universe-accurate timeline. No, I didn't have many friends back then, but gosh darn, I did have some of the best, nerdiest times of my gaming life. Speaking of the RTS-style gameplay in Star Wars games, my second addition to this list is one that you PC Star Wars gamers might even remember. And that is Star Wars Empire at War and its expansion, Forces of Corruption. What a gem. I love me a good strategy game. And other than the Age of Empires ripoff that was released way back yonder, this was the only RTS game available for Star Wars fans. The base game, set during the time in between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, saw you playing both sides of the war, either Rebels or Empire, as you fight to take control of the galaxy alongside a story that depicts their their own advancement through the war. Start up the fledgling rebellion and uncover the secrets of an imperial superweapon, or pledge loyalty to the Galactic Empire and work towards the construction of the Death Star and the ultimate stride for oppression. Build up your ground troops with infantry units, armoured vehicles like AT-STs, the T-2B Rebel Tank, And heroes like Han Solo, Chewie, Luke, Old Ben, Vader, Palpatine and Boba Fett as well as bolstering your fleets with Imperial Star Destroyers, Mon Calamari cruisers and all the other ships we know on both sides. Take your forces and head out to capture enemy planets for bonuses, tech research and credits and even sometimes special recruitable units whilst leaving some behind to defend your core worlds, your shipyards or even leave a blockade on an enemy world to halt the flow of troops to the rest of the galaxy. The expansion for this game builds on what we already had, and also introduced, a new faction to play as. The Zan Consortium, a criminal organisation founded by Tiber Zan following his breakout of prison at the start of the game, and later finds himself working with the Huts, the Black Sun Syndicate, and even enlisting the help of the Night Sisters of Daffermere, in his hunt for a Sith artefact and Palpatine's treasure vault. The interesting thing with this expansion also added the ability to sow corruption through the galaxy, setting up a black market, bribing officials, smuggling or setting up racketeering on certain planets in order to gain control. Whilst you could follow the story behind these three factions, you were also given the freedom to play a sandbox version and conquer the galaxy whichever way you desired. I spent so much time on this game, planning the construction of my fleets, armies and sending them out on a galactic-wide campaign featuring both space and land battles anywhere you went. Which brings me on to the final addition to this list, and again, it's only been out a certain number of days so I'll avoid spoilers, but it it quickly became one of my favourite video games, not just Star Wars related but of all time, that I own today, and it is indeed Jedi Fallen Order. What a breath of fresh air it was to actually play a single player, story driven action and adventure game in the AAA era revolved around Star Wars. I had been waiting, and honestly it blew me away when I realised how long it's been, over 9 years for another game like this since we got The Force Unleashed 2, and man was I not let down. I absolutely loved the feeling of being an undertrained Jedi on the run to start off with. Fighting felt more of a thought out process compared to the Force Unleashed games where you're melting face. It felt awesome at the time, don't get me wrong, but this time I wasn't playing as some super force sensitive clone here. I was a lowly Jedi hiding out after the rest of his people had been wiped from the galaxy. Cal's training was incomplete and it was a lot of fun going with him on this journey as he hones his skills and deepens his connection to the force. I knew that if I stepped out in front of a whole squad of troopers and a gang of nasty creatures, then I'm probably going to have a bit of a rough time figuring out how I'm going to handle all this. Like I say, it was a very welcome breath of fresh air. I also liked the exploration elements to the game. As for me, it kind of highlighted that on the run and... The seeking knowledge and exploring vibe that the game goes for. It made sense that I'd be running across walls, climbing up buildings, and maneuvering around machinery to avoid being out in the open, a place where old Jedi weren't welcome during the Galactic Civil War, as well as using these very same mechanics to traverse around like ancient temple ruins. And last but not least, the story, and what a story it was. We learned quite a lot of new interesting tidbits of lore from this game which I really hope they continue to develop upon later down the line, as well as getting to know Cal’s struggles he held with him following Order 66. It was a great insight into what it might have been for a, like for a Jedi, surviving the Purge, and honestly, I'd love to see a sequel to this, or even some more story DLC like we used to get with games like this. But there we have it, some of my favourite Star Wars games that I've played throughout my gaming life. If you're a gamer as well, I'd love to hear your favourite Star Wars games too. Let me know on the show's social media pages on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Nexus. Also, just a little reminder that this is indeed day 10 of 30 Days of Star Wars. And if you're yet to do so, you can catch the previous daily episodes covering favourite characters from the galaxy over on the podcast feeds on Spotify, Anchor, Breaker and Radio Public with Google Podcasts on its way as well. I do hope you can join me tomorrow, where I'll be starting to take a look at the trilogy films themselves and talking about my favourite prequel movie. But until then you luminous beings, thank you so much for joining me again, and may the force be with you all, always.